We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Dana Morang, Brandon Sprague, coming to you on a Tuesday evening at seven forty-three. Not too bad. A little bit, little bit, little bit later than we wanted to go, but we're here nonetheless. Uh, the big news, obviously, uh, my head is shaved. No, we talked about that last time. No, the big news, obviously, <laughs> is uh, Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Senior, uh, is making his eminent return to Portland. He is touchdown in Portland. He is back home. Uh, he has made a trip to the Adidas North America capital uh, here in Portland where they have a giant billboard and un- unveiled the uh, Damian Lillard basketball court in recognition to his greatness. And what I can only imagine is probably going to be a lifetime contract because he's the face of Adidas now. Uh, but before we dive into any and all of it and all of the games and what is going to be one hell of a game tomorrow night, regardless mm. of the action on the floor, uh, I am joined by uh, the wonderful, the illustrious, Tending the fans, dirt and spray, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, bread is break. Ah. Thank doing, you, thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I don't know if you believe in coincidence mm. or if you believe that these guys do and wear certain things for certain reasons. You saw it too. <laughs> kind of interesting you got out of that big-ass minivan. That Does he just commute from Milwaukee to Portland in that thing? But, like, gets out of the minivan with the kiddos. In red and black. Rock in red and black? Look, Dame doesn't do anything without knowing. He knows. That, I'm, that's what I'm saying is I don't think that was a coincidence. Oh, I put my red and black suit look, or, uh, outfit on. Look, Damian Lillard is a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. He he is a Russell Crowe gladiator fan. Yes. Are you not entertained? The mob is the Senate. It, he knows how to work the crowd. He's not an idiot because he knows everybody's going to see that. That He's image conscious in a way of like the smart image conscious, not LeBron James reading a book on the second page every single time. It's <laughs> subtle nods like, I'll, I'll throw in the red and black. What's it going to hurt? Let everybody know I'm home. Because he, I, I will just say this right out of the gate. I have talked to Dame a bunch over the last week as he's getting ready to come home. He is very excited to play tomorrow. He -hmm. is very unprepared for how his emotions are going to come over him. Uh, He knows it's a big deal. This is about more than basketball to him. 
I will tell you wholeheartedly this is about family. This is his home. He has not been home because he has been in Milwaukee. He has not slept in his bed much. You know, he has not been around yeah. his family like he has in the past. And so this is, it's not just his family. It's his greater extended family. It's the people that were a part of the organization, not just the front office, not just the teammates, but it's the support staff. It's all of the people behind the scenes that took care of his kids, the his agent and his runners and being around him here for a decade. Like there's, that is a long bleeping time, man. And this is the first. Yeah. And he knows that he's going to go in there and it's going to be all love. There's going to be five idiots who boo. No. There will be. No, nobody has 100% approval rating. It is what it is. Come on. Like, Look, I, I, I'll get it in my DMs. I know. I know. I, I've already seen it. Like, No uh, way you're going to hear one. If you hear one boo, I want em. you to be honest. Say, slap them. Hey. Well, slap them. But like, yeah. you're going to be there. If yeah. you're there and you hear any kind of boo type sound, I want you to try to find this section, like somebody in section so and so. I'm gonna go like Luca. I'm gonna go out. <laughs> Point to him, get out of here. Get out of here. Here, the Luca here, treatment. Here's my only thing because I, I I heard some of what he said at Adidas. I thought was a real cool moment for him. They named the court after him. Yeah. He got to sign it. Uh, obviously, the lifetime Adidas stuff has has kind of been talked about. Yeah, you know throughout um i can only imagine the emotions and i know they're not going to be the same but like this has to be rivaling his emotions his nerves his whatever internally it has to be the closest thing for him that he's ever felt is his rookie debut his kobe bryant versus the lakers game at home he's absolutely cooked with a double double Which, and broke yes. uh steve nash's knee yes he he absolutely stepped up in that moment, and I don't know what he's going to do, how much he's going to score, but like that was the only thing I was thinking about today is because he talked about how it was love and how he's happy to be here, and it's you know not a broken relationship with him and the team. Like if you gave me an over under of three and a half years when he's back, I'm taking the under on that because the league is fluid that way. But I would imagine these emotions, Danny, have got to be very similar to him uh, of when he made his debut against the LA Lakers as a rookie because I can't think of when, what other moment in his career has rivaled this in terms of emotion okay see well I mean in the immediate aftermath yeah of it, but le- leading up to nothing yeah nothing um because the OKC game let's not forget there was a build red beans and rice mm. red beans and rice and catfish Chris Haynes come on over eat a there delicious was, there was a build to that though I'm going to end these mother effers mm-hmm. is what he told him. And he went out there and, and he waved bye-bye. Like, so I was saying, that there was, wasn't nerves. Oh, no, was, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. But there was a there was a build to it, you know? Sure. Um, and he's told me his, his – even though he went out there and killed in his, in his first game, he told me he was a wreck going yes. – like, he was confident as hell, but like, like it is what it is. It's fine. Yes. Like, like that, that's expected. Um and for those that are wondering, I've already seen the comments. Do, do I think that the Blazers front office and Dame have talked? Yeah, I do. And I think that they're they're okay going forward because these these separations, these trades, they they're always ugly. They're like, even the amenable ones. Uh, Chauncey Billups in the post game last night was asked uh, if he w- tried to stop Dame from asking out, and Billups said no 
because not only did he respect him as, as a man um, for being who he was, but for being the guy that he needed him to be when he first took over and being the veteran mm-hmm. that he needed him to be and that he looked at him more like a little brother than a guy that he coached and he wanted to see him be successful and that the organization worked to get him to the Milwaukee Bucks and an opportunity at the back end of his career to go chase a title as opposed to 30 or 40 points a night doing what we're doing here mm-hmm. were his exact words. So um, did it get ugly and messy and, and things get a little weird? Yeah, they did. And I, I know for a fact that both sides would take things back if they could. Like there isn't any one of these kind of situations that they wish they would have done something different. But in the end, everybody, I think, is genuinely happy. And I don't think the Blazers are happy that Dame is gone. I think that they're happy that with the resolution to that situation. I think there's a difference. Well, I, I, I think, and we'll get to this because we'll answer some of the questions tonight, Danny. I think one thing of that, the element you're hinting at, and, and I think alluding to, you, you tweeted this out earlier, if there's one thing we're learning about Joe Cronin in this era no matter how you feel about different moves or picks or whatever, the one thing that's pretty crystal clear, he gives a damn about treating these players right if they're not in the long-term cards. The, guy, the guys that matter, the guys that put the time in, the yes. guys that – even the, but just the guys that, that work – like Josh Hart wasn't here that long time. He went to a spot. Good for him. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, there's a level to it, but mm-hmm. like, I think guys are here for short time. Like, Malcolm's probably long term, not going to be here no. that long, in 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 like a you know longevity standpoint. I imagine he's going to get sent to a pretty nice destination for. They're himself. not going to send him to Detroit. No, you're not going to send him to Charlotte. No, and so I, I I think that's like a, it's a smart business move actually for Joe when you think about it because you're creating really positive relationships. And perspective from agents and prospective clients and players do word of mouth stuff. So, yeah, could they would they take things back? Sure, I I'd more step in and say I don't think either side has much if an agent doesn't specifically cite one team, and that's kind of where it got maybe a little ugly. But just do this for me, Trailblazers. When you do the tribute video, let's not do the '96 Bulls thing where we bring everybody back. Because if they show Aaron Goodwin on the screen, he's going to get the Jerry Krause treatment. <laughs> he's going to get the Jerry I, Krause treatment. I will treatment. say this. I, I've, uh, I have a reeling suspicion tomorrow that the video is not going to be the 10-minute video. This is the tribute video. So this is going to be like the two- or three-minute video. This isn't the welcome back or I'm retiring or unveiling sure. the jersey to go in the rafters. Right. It's going to do just enough to throw him off his game and make him have a miserable night. It's going to turn him into an emotional wreck and that's where it's going to stop. Yeah. So, um, and that's a little bit of a joke, you know, um, I'm not going to talk about everything that he told me, but one thing he did tell me is that it's all love. I want to come home. It's bigger than basketball. I want to get a win. I want to play well, but I know that video is going to mess me up. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to play. Well, I've seen him before with nerves. He plays pretty well. Uh, this is, I think, a different kind of nerves, though, because I think this is this is not nerves. This is emotions. And if think, anything's gonna like knock him off that that level that he's on, it's this kind of thing. Absolutely. It's not the, an anger. It's not a chip on the shoulder. Right. It's it's deep in the. It's in the heart. And when yeah. you, because the guy has heart, and I'm not talking about like competitive heart. I'm talking about like real care, real love for people. 
because I've seen people that have crossed him <laughs> and <laughs> it, it hurts him, you know? And like, though, like, yeah. and so to, to publicly have that mending of the heart, that part of it is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts. I want to, I'm going to be there dumb early. I'm going to get off air. I'm going to head right over. I'm, I'll be, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll probably beat him there. Hopefully. I want to be there when he has to stop in the hallway and turn left instead of keep going straight. That's for, what's for funny the, is like for the first time. Do the instincts for a split second like does he, oh, oh turn left, turn left, turn left. You know, like eternally they go left. Does he take that step? Does he well, does, it's also not like he hasn't seen it, but it'd be funny when he walks in there and go, damn, it's way smaller in here than the other one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or when he goes in there and sees Jeremy in his locker. Well, oh yeah, then that's throws, about a weird thing. JG just throws his hands up like, "Hey." <laughs> um, you know, the other part of that too is, is is emotional and weird as all of this is going to be for him. And honestly, like I don't mean to take anything away from him. We obviously know how uh know where that is. There's going to be fans. I think there's even going to be some media that might be like just kind of it's it's odd, you know, you're seeing him in a different uniform and he's coming out with the opposing team and he being introduced first and not last. The letter O from Weaver State. Like, I think Mason will give him that kind of intro, and he should. He, he like, did. He happens. did tweet it out. He tweeted out how he should I? He well, he, he he tweeted out a poll. Uh, if you go to Mark Mason's Twitter, I, I tweeted it out. I, re- I retweeted it earlier. Treat him like any other opponent, or give him something special. And oh, give he, him something special was at like ninety eight percent last time I checked. And and that will be the cheers to booze. Except there will not be two percent. I'm telling you, it will not happen. But the the other part of this is, as emotional as he feels, man, you give that dude two and a half minutes into the game, okay, I'm playing basketball now, and they need to win a game. They just lost to Denver. Like, they're in kind of Mm -hmm. this Eastern Conference race. They're in there with Boston. They're in there with Philly. Like, they're trying to maintain and keep up. So I think it will be weird, but it's more the buildup to it because two minutes in, I think he's going to like amp is going to bust his ass with a three and it's going to be like, okay, here we go. Like, and there's, we're going to the blazer side of things. Yeah. Um, I will, I will tell you this. Ant has been playing pretty beat up the last couple games. He took a shot in the San Antonio game and it messed him up. He, he I could, wanted to talk about Ant a little tonight. He, he yeah. could, he could barely stand up after the, um, Spurs game? Uh, yeah, after the Spurs game. Like, he just couldn't move. Uh, he he took a little something last game, and if you watch him the first half versus the second half, he loosened up a ton. Um, I feel it, like that's his last two home games, though. Even Chicago was, like, such a slow it was, No, no, it was, it was, yeah, so San Antonio into the – Chicago was – I was trying to think of the opponent. Chicago oh, was, yeah, the, yeah. Was, the first, was the first game back. He could barely move, and then they threw Caruso on him, too. It oh, just, just a nightmare. Bro, he couldn't he – couldn't, he had no burst. He just – it was – he was – I I thought he should have sat. But he played through it, and you know he struggled. It is that's that's how that goes. That's why you sit sometimes, and sometimes you just can't go. Um, but Ant told me flat out he will not miss Wednesday. He will not Un- unquestionably, no matter what. That dude is going. There is no one more excited about that game outside of Dame than Ant. That's going against, that's, a, that's going up against Unk. Yeah, like he he gets to go head to head with his brother, with his mentor. Like he is like. He is looking forward to that. Like the, the, yeah. when we started talking about it, he lit up, man. And he's like, "I'm not, I'm not missing that for nothing." Like I, he goes, "We're gonna go," and it was just like I could, even that night. It was, I think this was, yeah, this is after the Chicago game. Even the, even after that night, when I was like, "Are you gonna sit out tomorrow?" Kind of a deal. He was like, 
I'm just going to, we're going to go, man. We're going to like, and even Monday night, I was kind of like, oh, this, or uh, Sunday night, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like the, you, you could already feel like the tension building up for what was coming tomorrow. So yeah, it's, it's going to be weird though, man. I don't, I don't know what you, where you kind of are with this is that Jeremy obviously played with Dame and Jabari played with Dame, like Shaden played with Dame, but Ant's the only guy with ties on the roster, like real ties. Like Jeremy's close to the Olympic team and, and their friends, but like died in the wool ties you know he's a mentor for yeah, him you know? I mean, like, he's a welcome to lead yeah and so do you think that's gonna make that a little bit different maybe a little little more holistically easier for dame because he's not going up against aunt Nas, nurk you know the all of the guys that are left that it's just aunt um, that it's 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 less a familiarity and something you can kind of dismiss. I don't know if you can dismiss when you look at the uniform. I'm I'm not really that's what, look, that's that's the question. Certainly, Nurk and some of the guys that were on this team for a couple years, the last few years that he was here, I think would add a little more emotion to it. But I think overall, it's it's just about being in the other locker room in that building, right? It's about he's not parking a car. I mean, he probably is because he's home, but like he's not pulling up the way that he did when it was a home game for him, right? He's not not going to his usual spot. He's not necessarily shooting on the same areas of the court. It's the opposite. He's sitting on the other bench. He's coming I bet you, in. And, I bet you he doesn't. What? I bet you he try, he goes back to his old routine. Oh, I'm sure he will. But what I mean is just like being used to like taking the oh, all of it in a row. Yeah, all in a row. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think he's going to get a standing ovation. They're going to play the video. He's going to get the Mason intro. It'll be a universal approval. But it's still going to feel weird to come out of that tunnel and the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're going to boo. There's no reason to cheer then. Like, it's a team. It's like, oh, screw that team. We don't want them to win. The cheering comes when he gets introduced and probably his first couple shots. And then eventually that kind of fades because it's a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you're probably hitting at some accuracy there of, like, if Nurk was here or somebody else that he played with. But I think for the most part, it's just about all the other stuff that make it such a massive moment alongside with seeing you and Casey and Sean and Jason and Fentress and all the beat writers and all the usual people, but they're not covering him. And I I just, I think it's, yeah, I think it's kind of all of the surrounding stuff more so than it is Danny. Like, Who's out there? Who he's competing against? The jersey's just going to look weird because he's going to be wearing what? A, probably a dark green jersey or a black jersey of some sort. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to. I think it's going to feel more weird for that reason, not because uh, who is in the jersey. I wanted to ask you though, mm-hmm. very quickly. You hit at Ant, so I want to go through Ant real quick because you mentioned there he got banged up in that Spurs game. He had forty in that game, by the way. It was an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, shot 46% from threes, 52% from the field overall. His January is interesting to me. And tomorrow, a big, a big, big game. He's averaging 19, 5, and 3 for the month. Mm-hmm. And he, what I've noticed about him in this month is just kind of the consistency part. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. So you start the month, 15 points. Followed up with 6, then 38, then 12, then 14, 5, 28, 20, 19, mm-hmm. 17, 33, 40, 11, 15. It's a very up and down month. It's health. Of you know, it's you health. think it's just health? He he was sick as hell 
and he started feeling a little bit better on the back end of that trip, the Brooklyn game. And they also kind of let him do what he wanted in that game. Like he did, they didn't put the pressure on him that everybody else did and wear his ass out. And so he was able to kind of take his time. Cause remember he just kind of kept going and going and he got hot. And then he, they, they went sideways. They had the OKC game and, you know, they packed that up real quick. Well, uh, I mean, then, OKC game was a disaster. Yeah. yeah, and then they then they went to Minnesota the next night, and it was still a disaster. Um, yeah, he was zero at ten in that game. That he was, was I think that was a combination of health and it being a shit show. Um, hmm. The Blazers have have talked about how on that trip, while it didn't really materialize until a couple games ago, I think they had a uh, kind of a a, a, a come to Jesus meeting, as it were. With the coaching staff, where everybody, it was a, it was a, it was a airing of grievances. It was a festivus, a festivus for the rest for, of yes, us. Yes, huh? there was festivus for the rest of us, where um, an airing of grievances took place. Not, not a, um, a team meeting per se, where a coach, a players only meeting. It was like, yeah. all right, let's everybody get on the same page. And Chauncey has referenced the last over the last two weeks, um, more aligning roles. You know, Scoot going back to the bench, two going to the bench, Jabari starting, getting DA more involved, um, being more direct with Malcolm and, and Jeremy, uh, Ant being having more time on the floor without Scoot, so where he doesn't have to work so hard like against starting units. Like there was just things that kind of needed to sort themselves out in some pecking orders. And you're seeing Jeremy play better. You're seeing Malcolm play better. You're seeing Jabari play better. You're seeing Ant play better. You're seeing DA play better. You're seeing Scoot more comfortable. Like you're just kind of going down the list. And I was looking at this earlier. Do you know how many possessions Ant, DA, Jeremy, and Malk have together? So I looked this up. I want to say it was the Chicago game that they closed no. out with them and DA. And I went to cleaning the glass <laughs> before the game had ended, before this game registered. <laughs> Danny, I I, I want to say top, at all. I want to say top of my head. I think they had two possessions registered. It, it was like almost nothing with those five. Yeah, it was just the four of them together in through the entire season. I think last time I checked was let's double check it. I think it was three hundred and forty-two total possessions with those four. And if you throw Shaden in there, it's like you know, it's there's it's done. You know, it's. It's one of those things where it's like, they've been, I'm not trying to make the injury excuse. It's been when guys have been injured. They just, uh, nothing has lined up. I think it's 13 games that overlap between. Yeah, let me, I'm bringing it up right between now. Between Ant can. and, um, um, between Ant and uh, DA together being healthy. It's just, it's, it sucks. Um, so they're starting to figure out their spacing, their timing, and everything that kind of goes along with that. It doesn't mean like all of a sudden that they're together that right. it's going to make sense. It's just that it's just starting to suck less. That's really so, that's really what it comes down to. If I if I run uh, those four together and then remove Scoop because he's kind of been not relegated, he's he's being brought along off the bench. It's three hundred and twenty five total possessions this year that those four have played together. That is insane. That's that's yeah. nothing. That's nothing. 
So you you add those four with DA. So Ant, Brog, Tease, Grant, DA. You're looking at 53 total. Yeah, if, it, if you if you put Tease in, it's 53. If yeah. you put in Shaden, it's 30. If you put yeah. in two, it's 93. And if you put right. in Jabari, it's 149. So right. the only position group of this that has any anything more than 100 is the one with Jabari, and they have a net rating of zero. Yeah. So like if it they're and what's funny about that in that time period, you've got the games where they have shot like crap. Like offensively, they have been so bad. And that's the San Antonio game, that's the Chicago game. What was the mm-hmm. game before that? They just couldn't hit anything. And if you go back and you watch the tape, and Chauncey represents the other night, because I want to know was like, was he happy with the shots they got? And he's like, Yeah. Yeah, go back and look at the tape, and we know we shot what five of thirty, six of thirty from three. And he goes, I think twenty eight of them were wide open. You're getting twenty eight wide open threes a night. We're doing our job, and he's like, we're getting a million paint touches. You know, we're not getting to the free throw line some nights. Other nights, like you know, against um, uh, not Chicago, uh, Jeremy had really, a, yeah. The, Jeremy had a parade to the free throw line. Yeah, um, Jeremy third, was really good in that game. Yeah, he had a parade to the free throw line in the third quarter where he. Registered one shot, but took eight free throws. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty productive. Um, so they were trying to find those things. And again, they have a long way to go. But you're starting to see unlocking DA. Uh, they're running some stuff where they're not running it for Jabari. They're running actions for Jeremy. And they have found some wrinkles to use Jabari coming out of the dunker spot. Because he's just got natural timing there, both strong side and weak side, that have gets him those spots where he can duck in, put his shoulder into you, and finish. Yep. Um, Brog started shooting better. Ant started shooting better. Uh, Jeremy started shooting better, and all of a sudden the offense took off last night. Yeah, and I think that those like again, the Sixers are a bad team when they're missing their top three players, Maxi and Embiid. Yeah. I mean, they were missing Tobias Harris last night. He was there in yeah. body only. He he's been sick the last couple of weeks. I was talking to the Sixers guys, and they're like, "Yeah, he probably shouldn't have gone tonight." <laughs> it's mm. just, but like, what are they gonna do? They gonna play Ricky Council the fourth another forty minutes? Like, you know, they they were in a spot Portland was in two weeks ago. Like it was just like, ah, sure, go. That's the, right. you know, that's a dog days part of this. But you're just now getting to it. Like, let me let me let me pull up lineups in the NBA. I'm just just for a point of reference. Okay, to like the most used lineups in the NBA versus where these are at. Okay, the number one lineup in the NBA in total possessions: Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. No, Jokic. Defending champions. Twelve hundred and forty possessions. Yeah, that's Danny. That's more than the one, two, three, four, five top six lineups that have played together on Portland combined. I would imagine by a pretty substantial margin. A pretty substantial. It's 107, 125, 128, 143, 149, 234. So so not even two-thirds no. of what that one Denver lineup They're, has put together. They have six different lineups. That combined possession still doesn't rival the one lineup that Denver trots out. And after that, you've got Washington at 1197, OKC with 1126, Milwaukee, the Dane Beasley, uh, Middleton, Giannis, Brook lineup with uh, 1,091 possessions, which is at plus 15.7. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, and then Houston with uh, FVV, 
uh, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, uh, Jabari Smith Jr., and Alperin Sengun. And there's 10 other lineups, 15 other lineups, that 500 or more. Jeez. Like, you just scroll down. You're not even at half of most of these. No. Um, Portland's... 234 is the most possessions of a lineup that Portland's had all year. 234. And that's Brogdon, Sharp, Kamara, Grant, Aiton. Which, yeah. when you think about that, that is missing two starters. I, I know. One of them, by the way, isn't even playing as many minutes lately. And Tamani, Shaden's been out now. Mm -hmm. DA is two a weeks. few games in, but he's had a nice four-game stretch here. Like, I, I, I'm I, with you on the, the injury part. I will say, though, I, I wanted to give him his flowers because he deserves them. Jeremy's been effing awesome. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy's been one of the few bright spots of a really bad season. And I, I want to also be honest here. It actually kind of ticks me off sometimes when I'm thinking about it because you're going to be – if Jeremy Grant is not here for when this thing gets to where it's going, and I, I totally get it. We'll get to some trade stuff here in a minute, but you're going to be looking for that four. Like you're going to be looking for a Jeremy Grant, and we have a Jeremy Grant, but we're in the middle of a rebuild, and so it's like he – we're getting all these great moments and games from him and the team just around him depth wise, injury wise combination of everything. It just, it, it, it's just a little upsetting. It's like, Oh, I wish we were ready now because we have a four that I think would be just awesome with a good team, which is why good teams want him. Yes. And that's why I've been so adamant about baby. Don't trade the guy. That's good. Like it's good to have good basketball players. But will a team, this is where the questions kind of get for some of the listeners today, but I want to get into it because you kind of naturally lead into it, is is he playing so well that a team that's desperate goes, no, that's a guy, here you go. Like, what is that a possibility to you when you think about the trade deadline? It's always a possibility. It's just very unlikely. Like, the Blazers are not going to say no to a godfather offer. Like, if somebody came over, the, if Sacramento came over the top and like, hey, here's two firsts in Keegan Murray. The place is gonna go. <laughs> Keegan, Keegan, the two first. We 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 have Chris. Uh, we like Keegan do. And it has it has nothing to do with like being down on Jeremy, but you're looking at like what makes sense going forward. Right. And it makes sense to get something more in line and get a very good young player who projects very favorably going forward. Right. That's very different than trading him for. Bruce Brown and two 2024 picks and a 2026 first. Like the way executives have talked to me about this draft, Brandon, they have to hold back from, from barfing. It's just, there's guys that people love and we can talk about some draft stuff either today or in the next pod. I'm going yeah, to have my, you've been doing some draft write-ups. Yeah. I did my modest Buzelis, Ron Holland one. I'm going to drop my mock. It's literally sitting here. I'm waiting to push publish on it. I'm waiting to hear back from one other scout that I wanted to talk to about one other guy before I take it from pencil to Sharpie on a, on a kid just after I guess got done watching. Um, sure. but you start looking at other guys and when people start seeing guys in person and we get closer to the draft and it, look, somebody's always going to pop a six foot eight, 195 pound kid from Greece turned into Giannis. Mm -hmm. Nobody planned on that because there's 12 teams that picked in front of him, including Portland. 
But you also can't guess that he's going to grow three more inches and gain five. like 75 more yeah. pounds of just <laughs> grow, mass muscle. Grow, grow five more inches. His side-by-side in the finals is still the greatest side-by-side photo of a rookie. Nobody's ever, ever changed more. Nobody. Nobody. It looks no, fake. It looks yeah. like AI. Yeah. It's, well, it's, 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 a, it's a combination of letters like AI, but they probably sound like Schmhgh. Um Allegedly, <laughs> just treatments in Greece. What are we doing here? Um, <laughs> oh, we're going back home. We're enjoying a good life. Yeah, we, you know, we, we we go cycling on the bikes and in our blood. No big deal. So you're saying the draft is in a way? It's like, hey, we'll give you our pick this year. And teams are kind of like, don't know, <laughs> especially anything outside of the lottery, because yeah. the last thing anybody wants is guaranteed money outside of the lottery. And even then, there are like guys, there are teams picking in like the 8 through 14 range that I've talked to. They're like, yeah, we got this draft slot. We're really not sure, you know, like do we want to commit that kind of money? Is the guy that we want going to be there? There's teams that I've talked to who are like, who are like yeah, no, those, those early second round picks are kind of more valuable because we don't have to guarantee the money, but you oh don't. The flip side is they don't have the team control. Yeah. So it gets a little bit dicey with that side of things. So, okay. but there's there's there are some interesting takes, um, and everybody knows like it's not where you pick; it's who you pick. Yes, there's 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 guys to be found always. Now, how mm-hmm. much value? Like you always you always just want to outdraft your 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 slot. As long as you outdraft your slot, you're winning. Yeah, like if you're taking Anthony Simons twenty four. You're winning. You hit. You've won. You, you've yeah. done it. Yep. Like that's congratulations, sir. Pasco, collect two hundred dollars. Right. If if you're taking Anthony Bennett one, you lost. <laughs> you know it's like, but if you if you pass on a guy at sixty, eh, or you didn't take Jokic at pick forty instead of pick yeah. forty one, like n- you can't kill that guy. No. It's 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 slotting and value, and you just you hope you kind of get it, but. Um, I just don't see roundabout way to get back to. I just don't see Portland making a move, actively shopping Jeremy, unless they get something that, number one, it is not draft capital. Everything that I have heard and everything that I understood, that I understand is that the Blazers are not prioritizing draft capital. They want players. They want, they tangi- want actual prospects. They want tangible stuff. They don't want more lottery scratchers. Okay, let me ask you then. So let's go from Jeremy. Let's just say Jeremy... Yeah, I, maybe I'll be wrong here. I don't think the Kings are going to give up Keegan. So that one, I'm kind of throwing that sure. out the window. I don't think there's a lot of other options anyway, unless it's draft. And as you highlight there, draft not as valuable. The one that's been like everybody in their mom, whether it's a national person or somebody doing another Blazer podcast somewhere, everybody's talked about Malcolm. Malcolm, yeah. Malcolm, Malcolm. When is he gone? How quick is he going to be gone? You, to be fair... You were saying on your Patreon, eh, eh. ESPN comes out, and this isn't a knock at you, but it's ESPN, right? It's the mothership. ESPN comes out and says, not so confident they're going to be trading old Malcolm. Now, you can certainly say, and I know Jason Quick wrote an article, you can certainly say, well, I mean, they're doing what every team does. You're talking through the media. Drive your value up. Sure. Or... Malcolm, who's had a great year here, he seems to like it here. Like, 
What do you feel? What do you really feel about Malcolm Brogdon? Well, Malcolm Brogdon, if I gave you a hundred free dollars, would you slap it on Malcolm Brogdon's a blazer after the deadline? Or do you think ultimately push comes to shove? We send him to a good destination. We get whatever that is. Check back with me next Wednesday. Because because that's, not good, for, that's no, no. not good for the Tuesday five. Look, I'm just this is what I'm going to tell you. Okay, it has been very quiet. I know that most of the league has checked in about Malcolm and Jeremy because they're good players, and other teams sure. want good players. Yep. I have heard of zero frameworks offers anything regarding either player from either the Blazers or other sources from other teams. I have nothing. Because so, the the initial action from Pascal and OG being moved made everybody kind of go, hmm, I don't know. Let me see. Let's kind of see where the Knicks are running up for 14-2 and two now since their trade. Oh, yeah. The Pacers get Pascal, and they're starting to look a little bit more spicy. The Miami they Heat. Boston tonight. Hey, Miami Heat, baby. They're happy with their team, but they might blow up Bam and Jimmy. This is the longest. Did you know this is the longest losing? This tied for the longest losing streak in the Eric Spolstra season mm. or a career. Yeah, you know, uh, well, I mean, when you only get 80% of Damian Lillard and not 100% of one, um, it might hurt your offense. And also, you know, with the. If the Dame trade package, if one-third of it can't get on the floor because it's not good enough to compete in the regular season, well, you know, it's tough. Yeah, I'm taking all my shots right now because I told you this shit was coming. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, but somebody's asked, I mean, this is a question. I don't want to dive into questions uh, quite yet, but like one yeah. of the questions we got is Blazers trading Brogdon, and this has long been a rumor, to New York, the Knicks, mm -hmm. for Fournier, Grimes, and a 2025 Bucks first-round pick. Which is imaginary. Basically. Yeah. It's that's not I, moving the needle, right? I like I, I, sure I like, tell him I, never want to see him Fournier as a blazer. No, no. He softens the crepes that he eats. That's one of my greatest takes. It's not a great take. It's not very hot. But I remember when he was in the Magic. I remember talking with Gundy or somebody at media, and they were like, "I kind of like him." I'm like, "I don't think he's very good." And then he I, got I, that I, deal, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I've always thought he was perfectly place. fine. But when CJ said that, that's what he told him. That was the trash that he talked, that he's as soft as the crepes that he eats. One, CJ's a terrible liar, or the worst trash talker ever, or the best trash talker ever. I'm not, I'm not, it's, 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 good it's like, I'm like, is that, did he make that up on the spot, which is kind of impressive, not even kind of impressive, it is impressive, or was that, I just, I can't imagine, I've heard CJ talk, a talks a lot of shit, and I, oh, one yeah. of the things that, that they needed on that team, because nobody else talked. It was yeah. just a team full of quiet dudes on the floor. So I appreciated that about CJ. But also, I was like, I don't know where that falls. Right. Like, to be blunt, fuck you, ho, from Zach Collins. I know where that falls. <laughs> 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 like, when he told that to Clay Thompson, I was like, yep. Yeah, that's. I know where <laughs> that one falls. <laughs> like, okay. But, you know, beyond, like. You're as soft as the crepes that you eat? I don't know if that rolls off the tongue, man. That feels yeah. like something that you either workshopped or you came up with on the fly. But either way, I don't think the Blazers are interested in Evan Fournier. And I, like as much as I like Grimes, he's kind of on the downside of, um, I think, the expected value curve of like the young guy, excuse me, that Portland is hoping to get back. Gotcha. So 
Um, one guy I've kind of used is like, I think the marker point is Wendell Carter Jr. from Orlando. That's kind of like, I think that's like, if you're looking for the type of player, Wendell's under 25, he's six foot 10, the injury stuff is a problem. You would have to look at it. You, you know, he's gonna, especially with Robert Williams III, already dealing with that. But if you're thinking about removing Rob in the offseason and you can get Wendell now, maybe in him and Caleb Houston, like again, mm-hmm. younger guys with size, with some potential. Again, I don't know that that's the way they would go, but like that's the kind of player I think that they're targeting. I think they would rather have more guys with talent, size, and skill that makes sense going forward. Like if I, if I said they got a 2026 or 2025 draft pick, but it was, let's say it's the Bucks pick or whatever. So it's, sure. it's a 20th pick or later. What's the likelihood that that player is ever as good as Wendell Carter is? Uh, not very, statistically speaking. So you so you would get a guy in Wendell Carter Jr. who is a little bit further along, a mm-hmm. better player, and on an incredible deal, and matches the timeline going forward and stylistically fits how you want to play. So you're going tick, 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 tick. Like, is he Kate Cunningham of prospects? No. No, you, you kind of know what you, you're getting from him. Maybe mm-hmm. you, there's a little bit more. Maybe you, you you change his body around so you get him a little bit healthier, you get him a little bit lighter. You, you do something, you get lucky, and he just has great health going forward. And then it's a real value play for you. But I think they're just trying to get bigger, stronger, longer, more skilled. They're not – the one thing I have been told adamantly from everyone, inside, outside, up, down, the Blazers do not want to take a step back. They have taken – their steps back. They don't want to be Detroit or Washington. They don't want to tear this thing down to, oh shit. And no, Portland fans, you have not seen oh shit yet. <laughs> like, there's there's levels to this, and they have not hit it yet. So I think that's the the way that they're looking at things, at least as as far as it pertains to moving on from a guy like Malk. They're not just going to give him away for draft capital and a flyer on Cam Reddish. So would you, I mean, I guess that's, let me ask you this then a different way. Cause you're, you know, you say, ask me next Wednesday. Okay. That's fair. I think the, 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 the ask you next, ask me next Wednesday thing is like, let's see where the league is sitting. Sure. And that not necessarily like, I want to know my close to that, but like, I just don't know how active the league it's going to go. I don't think it's going to be like a one or two trade thing. I think it's going to be absolutely nothing or batshit crazy. I don't think it's like you're going to have like a, a last day arms race or everybody's going to sit on their hands. I'm just not sure which way it's going to go yet. But let me ask you, scale 1 to 10, 10 being like stunned, 1 being like, oh, yeah, not shocked in the least. Mm-hmm. Where are you at if they don't make any move? Because I'll be honest with you, going into the year with the way we saw the roster and what we kind of We expected there to in, be one. I, I would be at that on that scale. Yeah. I'd be at like a seven and a half, maybe an eight. I'd be like, holy, we're really not going to make a move. Now, in September, I would have been a seven. Okay. Right now, I'd be a five. I It's coin toss for me. Hmm. But Based on how you described the draft viewpoint mm-hmm. and the youth kind of like ideals of what they want, obviously that number drops a little bit for me. Yeah, and, and when we talked about it, remember when they got Malcolm... I told you off air, I don't think there's a guarantee that 
they're just going to flip him. Remember when the thought was immediately when they first made the deal? I thought you were full deal, of shit, to be honest with you. And I go, I, I, go, I think, the, yeah, I go, I think they like him. And I think Malk's okay with being here from the people that I had talked to like right after the deal. I go, they're not going to flip him right away. And I had, I've had a couple conversations with Malk and I've told you this off air. I am so pissed at myself that I have not spent more time talking to Malcolm Brogdon this year. Because, my God, is he fun to talk to about just basketball in general. And if I feel that way about the guy, and I know the organization does, that's something they value. Not the talking to him having him be fun, but having his presence, his knowledge, his wisdom, his know-how impact guys. Mm-hmm. Particularly as it pertains to Scoot and Ant and Shea. So, they're not just going to... It's it's Because he has the extra deal remaining... Extra, extra deal, extra year yeah. remaining on his deal. This is not a Josh Hart situation where it's like, well, we got to, you know, do something because so, they're they're fine. I want to get to the questions here. Mm-hmm. We we delayed the questions on the last pod. I want to get to the questions. Yeah, yeah. let's bang through. My a bunch. last thing on this would be, wa- I guess, walk us through the the team building concept here. Then, so like, I get it. You don't value the twenty four draft much. Okay, that's fair. You want a certain level of talent from a young player. Fair. I get it. I do. By the way, side note, kind of glad to hear that. And I'm also glad that there's like a recipe of we need them to be over a certain height because it felt like for years here, you had to, the requisite was 6'3 and under. It was right? a 6'4 six, six, and under YMCA league? No. Yes. It was like, oh, are you short? Yeah. Can you not find time on your team? Come on to Portland. Can, like, can you jack you from three? Like? Absolutely. Like, yeah, no, they, they look, they, they knew, they knew what they liked for sure. Uh, make a funny in- infomercial with it, mm-hmm. but you gotta, you gotta kind of explain, I guess, from a surface level, what the mm-hmm. team building concept here is. Because, like, by my calculations, Doc Brown, if we're not trading Malk, we're not trading Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody's rumored with DA. Uh, nobody's rumoring Ant. If you're not making a move, what is this then? Like, how? what is the team-building concept? I, I There's pieces I like. There's questions, but guys I like. Like, Tamani's a guy I like, but he can't play offense at all. What is the team-building concept then if you're keeping some of these veterans that many thought you were trading? Data collection. Who can play with who? And I know some people are going to push back. Well, they're not playing Scoot enough. The front office, from what I understand, is perfectly fine with the amount of time Scoot has been playing. And that is because that he is 19 years old and they know he needs more work. Because you're seeing on that road trip where he struggled and he wasn't ready. Remember early in the season when we talked about him, like Scoot should probably come off the bench. And when he came back from the injury, he came off the bench until they wanted to maybe put a little bit of pressure on Shea and, and kind of have them battle it out a little bit. And then Shea gets hurt and, you know, things go sideways and they come back from this. Shea's still hurt, but Ant's struggling because of the floor balance. And so they, this is why I've, I've emphasized so much this year on the – it matters who you're on the floor with, not just for Scoot and Shea. There are 12, 13 other guys that are professionals that are also working on their development, that are working on their career. It is not fair to them to isolate everyone and be like, this This entire thing is about Scoot and Shaden. Because I love Scoot. I think he has potential to be a really good player. Anthony Simons is leaps and bounds better than him right now. The Galaxy's better. The same can be said of Shaden Sharp. 
Shaden is way ahead of Scoot, and Ant is significantly ahead of Shaden. They're nowhere near each other. And Ant still has a long way to go. And so you get these opportunities, and there's a lot of... And, I don't necessarily like this line, but I, I, I think they're sticking to it. This is the very much keep what you kill line that Chauncey used last year with Shaden. Remember they're talking about that with between him and Nas? Mm-hmm. And they're doing it with Scoot. They gave him his opportunity, and he, he sank. It doesn't mean they won't give him an opportunity again. I just don't think that they're going to find a way to force him out there if he's not ready yet. Because, he's again, he's 19. We're not, okay, we're let me not worried let me about that going down the road. Yeah, let me interject right yeah. real quick. Uh, I, I feel like I keep talking over you a little bit, so sorry about no, that. No, go. So, okay, so let me just – 22 minutes, and I think it was a Chicago game, right, where the, the minute distribution mm-hmm. – I think Tamani at three. And, like, yep. I, dude, I will be the first to tell you, it is troubling how bad he is on offense. Mm-hmm. I also kind of fundamentally, like, he's got to play three minutes. Is like, you I thought that was a little bit weird, especially when Chauncey just mentioned the role change. But I think the big thing was they were, they were trying to prioritize the offensive stuff more in that game, and they know two is just so far behind. And after losing in San Antonio, I think they were trying to get that Chicago game because they do need, like, everyone's like, wins don't matter. And I'm like, look, they're not catching up to the bottom four teams. Like they suck. Like they like that's getting the Blazers are 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 C level. The other four teams are below C level. But I don't think any of the crappy teams above Portland, above C level, are going mm-hmm. to fall back down. You you could make the argument for Memphis, but somehow the zombie Grizzlies are stringing together wins. Like I don't Fuego. I don't understand it. Like there's nobody on that roster that doesn't play for the Memphis Hustle. It's just, you know, these these kind of runs happen. But that's the kind of thing that's going to keep them from catching Portland at the end of the season. Remember, Utah tried to do it last year, like, oh, shit, pull the lever, and they, they just couldn't do it. And so there's – I don't think there's any pressure either way to win or lose. Well, I know organizationally they have never wanted the, the team to lose this year. There's no onus to get player X minutes. There is so no specifically this draft is like so bad mixed with that the they'd rather way the roster is. They want to play the roster the way the roster is. It is built the way it is. And they don't really want to shake up the roster much. If no. you're telling me there's the movement. No, they don't want to shake up the, the they don't want to shake up the roster mm. just for sake of shaking up the roster. And that's what leads me to believe like the things that I'm hearing are true. That they do value good players. Even if it's not the perfect fit right now, okay, but what if X? And I think those are the things they're trying to do. Like, okay, if... And I think that's why like you, you see them value a guy like uh, WAP. Is that... Uh, in the past, maybe it doesn't make a ton of sense, but because he spreads the floor, that's a guy they can put on the floor of Scootin' too. Whereas Wendell's a better version of that, Right? And if they went and if they moved Malcolm, yes, Scoot would get on the floor a bit more, but you'd also kind of buffer Scoot by giving him another veteran guy that can work with him in a way that makes sense. And I think that's the whole point is like they don't want to just trade somebody or shake up the roster for the sake of asset grabbing because it's going to set back the development of their other guys. And it's going to set the team back and force the team to take a step back. They, they want to have their cake and eat it too. And you could argue whether or not it's the right idea. 
I, I'm actually with them on this vein of like, you don't need to take that step back to be bad because I don't think you're not catching Detroit. Like, no, <laughs> Detroit's a different level of hell. Washington, San Antonio, like they're, yeah. they're, they're bad. Like, it's just, you know, when they, when they might go wholesale trade status at the deadline and they may go, you're not going to catch us and be well, really bad. But I don't think Portland's going to do that. So go get Jimmy then. <laughs> like, like, give up some of these assets. Dame, Dame's like, oh, now? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I would. But, like, if you're going to keep some, I mean, I know they're not going to, but, man, yeah. you've got some good players on this sure. team, and the West is kind of trash. Like, It's open, I man. I, I, that, I don't know about you. I am good luck to everybody. I will not be betting against Denver. You can talk I'm yourselves. Not, I'm, not betting, I'm not betting with Denver either oh i would i'm not give me Jokic in a seven game series good luck to you i i i get it i do it's the team it's too good for me to go oh they're not as good in the regular season so i'm off like no no, i'm in it's the team that they just beat it's the team that's going to be here tomorrow night i have no faith in doc but i have more faith in doc than i ever had in adrian griffin and what we have seen from damon Giannis is the second best offense in nba history and they've unlocked like 40 percent of what they can be Oh, Giannis is my single-handed reason to pick them to win the East. I mean, he's well, playing like I just, I just look 11 at that. Michael Jordan. I mean, Dame was 5 of 13 the other night. Like, they were yes. barely use, using him, and I'm just sitting there going, yeah, let's see what this looks like in May. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, that's, I think it's like, ridiculous. And, and as good as Jokic and Murray are, Jokic is the second, first best player, 1-2, whatever you want to call it, in the league. Dame is better than Jamal by magnitudes. And if, if you put those two together and you optimize them, which is still a big ask. Sure. I I think it's it's a more devastating combo. I could be if, wrong. I'm open to that. Dame, if Dame stays healthy, Danny, I mean, look, I, I, I've always kind of rooted for Milwaukee as a NBA city just because, like, I kind of like, like Michael Red. I loved Michael Red, who didn't love Jesus mm-hmm. Shuttlesworth. Like, Sam Cassell grabbing his nuts. Like, I kind of rooted for them. They got the guy. They got our guy. And I'm like, I see Bucks Twitter 24 games into the year. Oh, this guy is bomb. And I'm just, I want to be like, you don't deserve this. You are freaking out for no reason. It's not even freaking February. Shut up. It's like you've never watched basketball before. You know, it does take some of these teams time to gel. And oh, by the way, they had an atrocious coach. They had the David Blatt of 2024. And so, like they tried to, they tried to write that wrong, and we'll see if they can. Um, it just, it, it drives me crazy. Yeah, but I, get you. I think a Denver Milwaukee series would. It's what, me, I think it's like, what we need because full on erection. Den- I, I mean, I mean, Denver just went through and mopped Miami last year. Like it was, it was fun. It was a fun little story. It was cool that Miami goes from the play into that, but like yes. it was not a competitive series. Whereas I think no. Milwaukee, if healthy Giannis, healthy Chris, I and healthy Dame, I think you're you're you've got yourself a hell of a series. All right, let's get through the questions here. Yeah, we didn't do them last yep. Here we go. Uh, I'm not going to read handles. You know your question if you hear it. Do you feel cheated that Dane was never an all-star starter with Portland, but now he is in his first year in Milwaukee? No hate. I'm glad that he's getting his flowers after everything he did while he was here. Nope, I congratulate him. He was happy. He was thrilled. Uh, it was very cool for him to actually get that finally, but he got that because he was playing with an MVP teammate, and he's on TV 44 times this year. If Dame had an MVP team, if Giannis was in Portland, he would have been MVP starter. It's that simple. Uh, 
he had he almost had an all star caliber teammate, uh, almost yeah. all star in CJ. Um, I I am I'm happy for him. It's not a slight against him, but nope. yeah, I I feel cheated. This is bull crap. He should have been starter at least one time as a Portland Trailblazer. Uh, setting the over under on NBA championships. We just kind of talked about this. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we might be in lockstep here. I think he gets one Milwaukee. I think it's more likely that he gets one than he doesn't. Yeah, I bet the over of a half too. That's yeah. that's the uh, that was the number. Giannis was the guy. Um, Giannis was the number one guy that Dame always told me he wanted to play with. Number one for literal years. I randomly got into a back and forth with somebody in the sphere, and uh, I remember specifically saying, like, of all the players I wish I could see him play with, it is without a doubt Giannis. Yeah. And I know hindsight, all that. I still am like, God, I wish we would have cared about international scouting the year he came out because you know what did? Danny Ainge wanted him. Like, Danny Ainge wants him. He's got to have something. And we had one international scout, and that person said, it's the one player he wants to play with the most. And then coincidentally just happened to get traded to him. So I was actually really happy when that happened. Uh, Let me uh, go through these. Uh, The chemistry between Mm -hmm. the point guards uh, with Aiton. How you feel like that's gone? Last four games for eight. Big time change. They've they've I asked Chauncey about this and I've asked the players about this. Um I've I've thrown a couple clips up on Twitter during games of like wrinkles that they've run. They've uh, added some floppy sets. I asked Chauncey if they did, if they did a, more of an install and he said that they did. They have added some sets to it. They've also added some wrinkles. Those wrinkles are coming about because they're more familiar with each other, they're more understanding. Like they ran a little bit of a floppy set off a pin down that's meant to get Jeremy downhill off a pin down into a handoff um but they decoyed it last night, and that was the one that Brog threw from like 40 feet to DA that was just a holy shit lob. It was incredible. But it involved Ant stepping out and the pressure leaving with Ant. It's, he actually decoys, steps back, seals, and throws a back pick, a little bit of a, a Spain pick and roll action where you screen the screener after the floppy action, and that's what frees DA up for the vertical stuff. And I think DA has now had four dunks in three straight games. So statistically, he's had this is his best run. Oh, yeah, hands down. And that just that familiarity and the play that is not getting talked about enough. And I I need to go back and and turn the the audio on because I've only watched it on on my other clips um, is Scoot in midair readjusting and pitching back across the hoop to D.A. on the backside of the play for the lob. I squealed in the press (laughs) section. It was a. (laughs) <laughs> kind of kind of thing it came out. Hiking looked at me he's like oh, and I was like did nobody else see that? That shit was incredible. Did Full- you do the uh, squeal and melt under the table like Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was just, I just got to disappear. I was like did nobody catch that? I got scouts over my shoulder like calm yourself young man, you know, kind of a deal. Uh, but uh, piss off. Let yeah. me enjoy the game. Yeah, that's a, like I I was like Cause I, I, my initial reaction was, oh, Scoot's gonna. I, I thought he was gonna. I thought, he, I thought he blew it. I thought he took off too early, but he just hung there and then went yeet, back across the rim to DA. And I was like, oh, there's the creation. Um, and so you're seeing more stuff like that, and I, that that familiar that familiarity uh, is breeding a lot of trust. And I, I really like what they're doing in that um, that vein. Somebody asked if the media will break decorum. When Mason reaches down deep and lets out the letter O and the crowd goes insane. I don't know what he exactly means by this, but what I would We're say is... We're not going to clap, but you're going to get some nods. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll, I mean, 
You guys I, will stay. I, I, I can't speak for I can't speak for anybody else, but Sean, no. Casey, myself. Um, I don't know who else will be there. I mean, we're the, the three guys I always know that are there. Um, they'll uh, we'll. We'll, we'll tomorrow night, everybody's going to be there. I, I would imagine everyone. I don't know if TV Bill, people. I don't know if people, Bill's going to yeah. be there. I don't know if Jason's going to be there. I don't know if Aaron's going to be there. Like I, they've they've sure. they've all filed stories already, so I don't know if they're going to be there or not. That's that, you know, that's up to them. But I I know that we'll probably all stand and record, and there will be a lot of gentle nodding. You know. Yeah. But I don't think anything beyond that. But we'll we'll all talk to him. You know, we'll have our moments with him. You know, before and after the game to kind of. To to either say what we need to say or congratulate him or whatever it is. So um, no, we we I, I think we'll we'll keep it classy as they say. Uh, because of the lack of high end talent in the draft, we kind of hit on this next year. Many mm-hmm. draft analysts are saying that teams will target fit over top end talent. So you might see. I kind of very a- much believe that. And that you know what I mean. I think with bad draft class, what you need to do. What skill sets would you target to balance the future roster? For me, it's shooting and defense. And a tall three four type wing. I, I mean, I think we kind of hit on that, but that yeah, sounds about but, what they're aiming. I, I don't know if it's necessarily shooting in defense. I think it's 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 just the best skill sets they can find in the front court. I think it's defensive versatility, playmaking, shot making. I think those are the things they really need to kind of lock in lock in on. Uh, what was the first crack that caused the departure? What was the last? I feel like we know the last, but what was the crack you think initially? When did when did everything kind of start under Dame's feet and go? Oh no, this ground's rumbling. Just late twenty 2020 twenty into twenty twenty one. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, I think that's when the first you kind of look around like it's been eight years and we just haven't brought in one impact dude. There have, no, no, nobody's been willing to take that. No, I shouldn't say nobody. Neil has not been willing to take that swing. Yeah, when they had opportunities. Um, so, interrupted on Shea. When do we expect to see Shea? What's your best yeah, guess um, on that? The you know update was officially supposed to be today, based on like the two weeks from the uh, initial release, which is today. I think it is gonna be Thursday. I think they're trying to get through tomorrow and then go take a look at Shea's stuff. Uh, obviously, Shaden Newsy, um, Shaden Sharp, and Scoot Henderson both named to the Rising Stars game. Shaden for the sophomores. Scoot, I meant to get to, to that rookies. today, but we been sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's okay. It's a little bit of news. Um, and then Ashton Hagen's made it for the G League for the Rip City Remix. Uh, Ashton's a great dude, so happy to see that for him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that they're too worried about Shea. Like they'll get the results. I guess, I guess they'll do on Thursday. Um, and then they'll make the determination whether or not he's ready to go. He's been going through light workouts. So I don't think it's something that they're entirely worried about right now. Um, but I always kind of like, I have a little bit of side eye and it's anytime I hear groin or adductor in Portland after the oh, frequent yeah. flyer miles, they've uh, recouped up in Philly or recruit re, re, recouped up in uh, Philadelphia. So um, I'm not worried about it, but we'll check back in on Thursday. This one's from our boy Neil. I just want to shout Neil out. He's got a great avatar photo. This is one that I, I'm not really sure we can judge fully yet. I think you can only judge it on one side so far. How would you guys judge the Dame trade six months later for both Dame and the Blazers? My two cents. I do not believe you can trade. You cannot judge that yet. Mm. They have not finished doing whatever it is they think they're going to do with some of the pieces they got. I mean, I, I don't know how you don't give Dame... Dame side of that like an A plus. He couldn't have gone 
to a better place. Yeah, on, on that side of it, and like I said, I, I've, I've told Dane this personally, I, I think he went to the best bus, best possible basketball situation. Milwaukee yes. is not Miami in the sense of like, you know, making 20 more million uh, for, you know, tax reasons and the weather and the surroundings of Miami Beach. Um, the the uh, the trappings of the Great Lakes, not nearly as nice as um, the uh, wonderful waters of Florida. But... Who scored... Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was say I, uh, I I think that it, it was the best possible play or play for him to go to Milwaukee, and I think Portland extracted the most possible assets they could out of the deal. Uh, who scores more tomorrow, Dame or Ant? My Sneaky initial question. reaction is to say Dame. Mm. I think he's going to get messed up. I think he's going to get tripped up, and not in a bad way. I think it's I I think it's going to rip his guts out. In like a in like a, it's this is real love. I miss home kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. They oh, they're yeah, they're going. I think the, the the fans are going to overwhelm him with emotions, and I think it's it, it's just going to be. I just got to get through this. I just got to get through this. Every other time after this, it's going to be different. But this time, I think it's going to mess him up. And it's not because I don't think he's a pro. It's not because I don't think he's that dude. I think by default, Ant is going to get it because Ant's going to have Dame on his heels. That's the only. That's the only time I would I would take Ant over Dame in this scenario. Uh, where where, where are Dame... you? Where are you on that? Oh, I'm taking Dame. Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, I I watched a guy entire career so far deliver in every moment we've needed him delivered, and that's why I think this is the one that he doesn't. Oh, it's man, because it, it because it means so much to him. Yeah, but that's little bro. You know, little, oh no, nobody, he, he wants to stone on little bro too. Trust me, no, nobody <laughs> wants little bro to finally beat big bro, man. Nope. I, I know those battles. Yep, it's gonna uh, be fun. What will the Dame statue look like, and where should it be posted? This is a fascinating one. I've thought long about. Mm. It, it it either has to be this, or it has to be this. this what? Well, there's one more. Oh, hold, hold on, holding the microphone. Yeah, hand, I still think hand, the other two. Hand, hand up in the air, Rip yeah. City. That that would great moment, absolutely. But I think on a statue, you you could also you could also do a freeze frame of Houston. Yeah, fading the point, away. The point, yeah, the point nine. Yeah, I think. I think. I think that that's the the selection that you choose from. Screaming into the, the mic, wave. the wave. Screaming in the mic, the wave. Point nine. Or. Um, Tap the tap. Worst. Yeah. The first tap in was Cleveland. I think it has to be, okay, my two cents. And I, I don't have an opinion because it's going to be, hey, Dame, what, what do you think you want? I, I always thought it'd be really badass to place it in a spot or in a way that, like, when you leave, he's waving goodbye. That's kind of what I was like, eh. You know, you, you, you could like, do the freeze frame of him lifting up for the shot of a PG. The bad shot? Yeah. Did you call it the bad shot statue? Mm -hmm. Get PG to sign it. Um, what's the moment in Dame's career sticks out you from early in his career that made you know he'd be special? This person says, for me, it's overtime against San Antonio in 2014 when he took over. I'm going to tell you the douchiest possible answer here, and I'm being genuinely honest. Uh, for me, it was like not even summer league when they drafted him because of how much stuff you were reading and hearing about what yeah. he was. You're like, holy crap. His man. workouts oh. were insane. Yes. Legendary type <laughs> stuff for them. Like legendary. 
there's nobody has worked out better since him. The only the only story I've heard come close is the Utah Jazz when they worked out Donovan Mitchell. His workouts were so good that the front office threatened the media that if it got out that they would be barred yeah. from ever. They, they, being, they would not have building. access. Yeah. Those are the only, yeah. those are that's the only other workout that I've he- I've heard holds a candle to how good Dame's workouts were. And <laughs> and Dame's workouts were not just great in Portland. They yeah. everywhere he was electric. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a uh, I think from the jump, but going down to the Lakers and taking the this is going to be fun Lakers and beating the dog shit out of them was like, oh, he's everything about that. That was the lock it in moment. I mean, he torched summer league, but it, like doing it against Kobe Nash Dwight, yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, this is this is not going to sound good, mm. but it's it's also very honest and real. When they went down on the Kobe game, oh, bu- busting their ass he, after that, and he went down there and busted the, their ass. Yeah, that's that takes a different type of dude to go in there and drive the knife in. <laughs> after, R.I.P. Kobe. After that, oh, yeah, oh. go down there and hand that city their ass after. Oh my god, man. Kobe passes away in the in the crash. Yeah, that's first game, and that was hey, Dame's gonna win this on his floor, like. That's one of the realest moments the Blazers ever had yeah. in the organization's history. As far as like like non-championship MVP type stuff, yeah, that was a... I have texts I'm not proud I, of that I sent that. Well, day. I mean, the, the focus that was on the... Or, like, I've talked to a lot of people in the organization about that night and the unfair burden that was on the players. Oh, yeah, sure. Both sides Yes, was... A lot, and to go in there and to beat them like that, mm-hmm. and not feel bad about it, <laughs> is. I mean, if you want to, if you want to be honest, you know, I hate using it, but that, like, the, you know, that's that's the Mamba, that's the the Kobe mentality. You know, to, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a nod of respect to him. Two sub four uh, point guards, given LeBron two biggest losses in his career, JJ Barea and Damian Lillard teaming mm. up, got to win those games. Tough, they can win those games. Tough. <clears throat> well, that's uh, that's going to do it for the questions. Okay. Uh, good questions, great questions. I, a couple, there was a couple, but we didn't. I didn't get to them because we basically ran through the trade yeah. stuff and what they're looking at. Yeah, so. uh, and we'll save the the draft stuff. Is there's still plenty of time for that? Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll get into that after the Dame game. Um, guest alert: uh, Anthony Simons will very likely join the show after the Milwaukee game. So oh, within, great. within the next week or so, okay. um, for those that are wondering, and you've kind of heard, Ant is going to be a father very soon. So I am trying to get him before he goes to be- become a first time father and he disappears mm-hmm. for a little bit. Uh, oh, he, yeah. and he has a level of busyness that um, I am not going to interrupt, um, but I wanted to let the Milwaukee game happen first. Yes. Uh, and, and get his feedback on that, where he's at. Um, and then uh, as we get, past the deadline uh we kind of pushed the kids down the road a little bit to maybe get them a bit more experience too um i'm hoping we can get uh make real quick shout out matisse matisse did a sit down interview with uh duop wreath uh it's about a half hour long it's on matisse's youtube channel go check it out wop story is wild absolutely wild like he got hosed on that game by the way he should have been on that team as well with shade and scoot 
Yes, he, uh, we had discussions last night around the room. We were all pretty sure. I'll, I'll put it this way. If there's a front court player that sits out, I think Wop's next. He's the replacement? Yeah, I yeah. think he's the replacement. So, um, But, yeah, the hope is to have the kids um, post-All-Star break as well. So, right. um, I think that's where we stand now. Uh, you ready for tomorrow? I am ready for tomorrow. Yeah. I, I'm, I got to stay off Twitter until I can catch up. I'm going to be a little delayed. Yeah, you're not my... going to watch live. That's tough. Well, I didn't know my Wolves were going to, you know, mm. I'm coaching my daughter's team. I didn't know we have Wednesday practice. Mm. I didn't look at what the day it fell on. So I'll be, I'll be about 40 minutes behind everybody else, but I will catch up as quickly as I can to be live at the very end of it. Yeah. This is why uh, you need an assistant coach, man. You need a lead assistant to help you with your scheduling. I feel too guilty. And you know what? I kind of like coaching these girls, oh, man. Look at, I, look I look at you and Joe there. Fish. You were guys out here soliciting for coaching help and you both ended up being the coaches. Yeah, well, I know. That's how it goes, man. Uh, a blessing out, and a curse. <laughs> shout out to everybody. Um, appreciate you. We love you. Like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Uh, share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Click subscribe. It's free. It's easy. Uh, you can follow uh, us on social media at Danny Ring, at Brandon's Break, at Jack Ramsey's, uh, Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. You can, you can email the show there. Uh, you can find us, uh, I would say, uh, Brandon Sprague in the mornings right now as his co-host is currently also uh, dealing with dad duty. Shout out Andy Dirk Johnson and the fam uh, to their new baby smudge uh, along the way. Mama, mama uh, and baby doing fantastic. Quite possibly the oldest white name you could think of for a child in 2024. Aretha. Be- Theodore Milton Johnson. Oh my God, that sounds like a president. It looks like a pre- that's a name that you see on a stump poster in 1884. Brother, I live blocks from Herbert Hoover Park and Herbert Hoover's original house in Newburgh. Who are you telling? I bet you if I walked on the street, I could find a sign with that name on it. Like oh, that's man. that's where we're at. But uh, sh- shout out the whole fam. Um, it, uh, make sure to check out Brandon. Are you are you flying solo dolo with with swag? I'm flying solo for now, yes. Okay. We'll see what happens in the next six to eight weeks. <laughs> we get one producer back, and we and another guy pops out a kid. And no, wait, this is my producer to after tomorrow. He's got a second job, so uh, he will be gone for the rest of the week. That's right. There you go. Good luck with that. Uh, but you can catch uh, Brandon Sprague every morning uh, for the next couple of weeks flying by himself. Six to nine on 10 of the fan. You can catch me and my co-host, Dusty Hira, uh, every day from noon to three. We will have you guys covered leading up to tomorrow night's action uh, with Damian Lillard taking on the Portland Trailblazers in his first return since being traded by the Portland Trailblazers to the Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to be a night. Uh, I, have, I have been told by a little birdie that to expect Dame to be available for a pregame bit of media so there will be awesome. that i would imagine after coaches availability great um and then we will get to the game and fire up that tribute video and watch the tears flow uh it's going to be a lot of fun um and then we will we will circle back we might go on thursday just to make sure we put a bow on what's going to yeah. be a big deal um yep. massive game and then we'll uh we'll start pivoting to we'll be a week away from the trade deadline and we'll we will focus on the trade deadline. We will do an emergency show if a trade pops up, uh, and then I will continue doing some some draft stuff. Like I said, I'll probably pop that up either tonight or tomorrow. And then uh, I'll you know what? I'll probably hold it till Thursday to be honest with the game tomorrow. So sure, you you heathens that are feeding for your draft content, I'll probably push it till Thursday. So there's something there to hold hold you down for a day. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll uh, we'll re- revisit stuff from there. Thank you all so so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. Take care. Enjoy tomorrow night, and uh, we'll talk soon. Mm, Bye.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.